I'd sooner be able to stay here in the magical forest clearing grove thing. Yeah. Toasting marshmallows and... With the new shady tree. Ex- with the new shifty tree. Shifty tree. The shifty tree. The shifty tree. Exchanging pointy repartee with Earl. Well, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah, he is. Bloody is. He leaves me standing. Shade. Yeah. It's them big wings. It is. Shade a lot with them big wings. I should have said throw a large shade with those um, big wings. doesn't really matter. No, it's fine. So, but we're here for a reason. We are. We've, usually we have got a reason. We've fetched up in the clearing for a reason, and it's the same reason it usually is. It's the same thing we do every night. It's the same <laughs> <laughs> plot to, to take over, over the world. world. <laughs> Gods, can't you imagine? I, can, I can't find both of my slippers at once. I've got no <laughs> chance of like plotting to take over the world. No, no. No, I can. I can't remember. But I can't remember my password to get onto my own computer half the time. <sighs> World, we think you're probably safe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> now you, hello, my beloved. Hello, my beloved. Um, you wanted to do a, a, one of your special, episodes. I did because it's episode ninety nine. Oh, is. welcome to Frithcast, by the way, uh, lovely listeners. Um. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to Frithcast, episode 99. It's going to be a story time. Settle in, warm your knees. Hello, lovely new listeners. Hello, lovely first time ever listeners. Boy, are you in for a ride. Hello, lovely established listeners. You know where this is probably going to take you. It's going to be kind of strange. We're going to do tangents. We've got stuff thrown in here. We have no script. It's going to be fantastic. Tangents? Yeah. I prefer clementines, to be honest. Easy to peel. Yeah. Yeah. Not as pointy. Actually, I don't. What I like those really big ones that you get from... Oh, no, I can't deal with those. You get from, from um, other supermarkets are available. Yeah. Right? You get these really, really big ones. And they're like, they're so huge that they've actually started growing another orange. They're a mutation. They um they did them to, to try and get them so big. Naval oranges? Naval oranges. And they, they... They have a little belly button thing going on. Well, they have another little orange. It's quite freaky if you think about it. So I, maybe I better not mention it. But, you know, when you like you open them up and there's that, li- that little sort of bulb yeah. of, of little orange bits. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. That's, that's like a, another separate orange that's growing in there. Yeah, it's like that Stephen King book. No, let's just not Stephen even... King's new novel, Oranges. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to edit that out because we do not want to make people be thinking about that. No. No. Okay, um, moving on. That's like all fish and chips, isn't it? Oh, all fish? Oh, scary! Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah, let's not do that. No, let's no. not. Let's not. Now we've scared everybody away. Let's start in Russia. Okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> 
to Russia. Back to Russia. Why are we going to Russia? Because that's where the story is set for today's story time, or at least part of it. It starts in Russia. Okay, hang on. Let me just pull this lever. <laughs> yeah. Like I could go, clunk. Although I should probably, if we were, if we were a proper job, if we were professionals, I'd put a sound effect in there, like it, like Tardis noises or something, and the clearing and the woods and my little lean-to and all the places around just just blip over to Russia. Can we not get Russia to blip over to us? Russia's huge. Have you seen Russia? Only from a distance. Yeah, and look how big it is from a distance. Yeah, Imagine how big it is up close. These are small, those are far away. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Russia. Yes, we're going to start in Russia after we've done some introductions, because we haven't done those yet. Have we not done those? We've okay. got to do those. If after like 98 episodes of recording, we've got to probably put the introductions at the front before we start doing the story time. You'd think we'd be used to it by now, wouldn't you? We've not got a clue, have we? Not really. No. Professional job. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who are you? Hello, I'm Suzanne Martin. Hello, Suzanne. I am a heathen based in the middle of the UK, furthest from the sea you can get. Mm-hmm. And I've mostly got a head full of stuff and some of it is useful. Indeed. And I should specify, it's the furthest from the sea that you can get in the UK. Yeah. Because, obviously, if we're in Russia at the moment... a whole bigger distance. You can get a long way from the sea in Russia. Yeah. I'm Kate. I'm not a heathen. And I have a head full of... Just... Just... Just just guns, really. And... and, and Coffee. (laughs) Bric-a-brac. That's what I've got. I've got... (laughs) I am I'm I'm a I'm a sort of druidy thing, coffee powered, and I just I just live here basically, and that's my excuse for being on this. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, lovely listeners, settle in, warm your knees. The biscuit tin is around here somewhere. Grab no, a it's drink not. of choice. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to Frithcast episode ninety nine, which is a story time. Because it's a multiple of nine. We're carrying on the tradition that we started in episode nine, way back in the mists of mist. And we are continuing thusly. We are at episode 99. So it's time for a story time. When we get to episode 999,999,999, it's going to have to be a really, really special one, isn't it? Yeah. But for now, please do carry on. Thanks. Okay. Okay. So we're going to look at one of the sagas. Okay. And it's a romance saga. Everybody goes, ah! <gasps> romance! So lovely! It's a Viking romance saga. So everybody go, ah! <laughs> it's going to get messy. There might be a little bit of, you know, spatter. Just watch for that as we go through. <laughs> Some blood going, squidging up the trees. And... <laughs> Viking romance, slightly different kind of category of romance. Yeah, well, you know, let's let's see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be lovely. So we're going to talk about a saga, and it's it's quite a long saga, but we're going to kind of try and cut it back to its basics. Okay. And it's called Gongu Hrolf's Saga. Do that again. I don't think I can. <laughs> Gongu? <clears throat> Gongu Hrolf's Saga. Wasn't that saga. Baby Yoda? No. <laughs> Baby Yoda in Russian now. <laughs> Russian Baby Yoda. 
in Soviet Russia. <laughs> Baby Yoda gongoos you. No, it's not going to work. Oh, God, I haven't worked. I apologise. We apologise to any Russian listeners. Yeah. You're all still good. You're welcome. <laughs> so we're going to start with a chap called King Eric. King Eric? Good. good Are you with good, me so far? Good Russian name. Okay, like good it. Russian name. He attacks the ruler of Novgorod. Okay. Presumably there's some kind of disagreement or, you know, he wanted his ball back or whatever it was, but he attacks and fights the ruler of Novgorod, presumably in a battle, not in just like, you know, diving through his bedroom window going, surprise, stabby, dead. That could be a whole different kind of attack, but still described as attack. So I'm assuming there's a whole army and arranging a date and getting onto a field thing. You know, the save the date cards goes out across the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and everybody comes in their shiniest shine and then they have a wee bit of a battle and then everybody goes home and there's a winner declared. That kind of fight. I'm not thinking of just like a one-on-one fight. To be honest, if all it says is he attacks him, (laughs) it could be a snarky subtweet. It could. A little bit of a shade. Yeah. Yeah. Flame war going on. Let's assume it's a it's an actual military assault. Yeah, okay, fine. So the ruler of Novgorod dies. Presumably King Eric goes stabby stabby die and the well, somebody does. Rob I... goes goes I I is dead. Yeah, so that's so on, on from Eric's point of view, pretty good outcome yeah, really. You know. Um then King Eric spies the the now deceased king's daughter, Princess well, the deal be th won't yeah. it? The Ingingerth. And he falls in Ingingerth. love because she's like, hello. So she, okay. he swears to grant any request that she puts of him. I genuinely don't think it's love he's fallen into, fallen into at this stage. No, it's just a pit. I was thinking more along the lines of lasciviousness he's fallen in lasciviousness he could with have a... done that too i mean multitasking he yeah, is well, fair killing and lasciviousness all in the same day so he just a tuesday swears t- <laughs> for me it was tuesday <laughs> <laughs> and now all i can think of is <sighs> jumping out of the cupboard going oh god <laughs> yes <laughs> <sighs> that's the Adams family. He has that's... your mother's eyes. <laughs> Gomez, take those off him. He's far too young. <laughs> anyway, so... talk more about the Russian guy. <laughs> Ingengirth. Okay, the Russian In- Ingengird, lady. Ingengirth, princess. princess. The princess. Yeah. She asks... King Eric, who's just killed her father, she wants three years. Prepare to die. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> I think he did, but there we go. She asks for three years to find a man who can defeat Eric's champion, Sorkovir, in single combat. Okay. Else he has to marry... She has to marry Eric. Okay. So she wants three years to locate a champion. Eric has a champion <clears throat> called Sorkovir. Yeah. Ingingert says she'll marry Eric. Yeah. If in three years, yeah, she can't find somebody who can beat Sokovia. Yeah. Okay. And Eric is kind of happy about this. He's having to wait three years, but that's cool because uh, hello, lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. That. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But Sokovia can't be defeated unless 
his opponent is wearing the ruler of Novgorod's armour. And the ruler of Novgorod is the one that's just gone stabby stabby die splat. Wait, he's the so whoever attacks Sorkovir has got to be wearing a specific kind of armour? One specific set, which is Ingengerd's father's armour. Is this like Diablo 3 or something, where you have to have, you know, yeah. ar- particular armour sets give you a certain... Tome of Set Dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can okay, only all right. go in if you've only got this one set on. Okay, you can only kill me if you've got this special armour on. All right, go on. Yeah, so you can only kill Sorkovir, the champion, if the opponent is wearing this particular set of armour. I am going to let you actually get on with the story, okay. sorry. Eric's sorcerer is called Grim Aegir. And advises him to use trickery to make sure that that his champion doesn't get beaten. Grim Grim Aegir, mm-hmm. sorcerer. Yeah. Sorcerer. Eric champion. Sorcerer. Yeah. Eric. Dude. Yeah. Ingengarth. Objective <laughs> of dude. Yeah. Princess of dude. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing okay. So park that part of the story. Because we're going to go to a different part, and then that part is going to weave into what we already know. Weave on. Okay. So, this part of the story involves a chap called Hrolf. Hrolf. And he is the son of Sturlag the Industrious. Right. And Hrolf is a complete layabout. Not like Sturlag the Industrious, then? Totally not like Sturlag the Industrious. Hrolf the Unindustrious. Roll further from the tree, only you can't be bothered to roll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so his father the aforenamed industrious which is going to be an absolute swine to get on a business card how are you going to spell all those letters his father In rooms. kicks him out because he's just going oh, no because he's sitting sick of him yeah coming home every day yeah after a, a, a hard day down the boatyard or Whatever it is he does, mm-hmm. right? And he's sick of it. He gets back to the ha- back to the hall, the the, the longhouse. Yeah. Whatever. He comes in. There's Rolf. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Sat on the sofa. <clears throat> yeah. Playing Call of Duty. And to be honest, you get a bit fed up. You do. You're like, you really need to be making a contribution here, son. And ain't happening. And you're not doing it. So he kicks him out. Yeah, fair Rolf enough. Rolf ends up at the court, the Earl's Court in Jutland. Earl's Court's in London. I know. This is the court of the Earl of Jutland in okay. Jutland. Fair enough. And he ends up there. And he ends up befriending the Earl's son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing the whole kind of fighting battles alongside him. So we're seeing a bit more action from Rolf, and he's not quite a total layabout. Maybe he was just wasn't being given the opportunity to kind of stretch his wings. Maybe he wasn't, you know, he's, he's not... He's not into the boat building thing. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Wanted to that... do the other kind of thing. Yeah, whatever it is his dad does. He, he's, he's... But his dad was like, no, you know, you can't go out fighting. No, yeah. no, you yeah, can't go out you. fighting. You need to you need to carry on the, the, the family. You know, my, my dad was a was a boat builder. His dad bef- before him was a boat builder. <laughs> so you are You're going to be... be a boat builder. And he's like, dad, all I want to do is go and f- sign up with some Earl somewhere and, and kick some ass. Yeah. So he basically fights a couple of battles and is... Very much with the broing with the Earl's son. Indeed. In Jutland. Lots of biceps. Doing I the imagine. Thing. Yeah. They're I just imagine being, lots of... You know, they're just being bro himbos and it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So the Earl in Jutland hears yep. about 
Ingingird. Oily biceps. Stop it. Sorry. He hears about Ye Princess with the three-year timeline. Indeed, yes. And the Earl of Jutland promises to help. Right. Oh, okay. And But he doesn't go. He... Hrolf ends up going. Ah, so here On we have the connection. the Earl of Jutland. So the Earl has sent Hrolf yeah. to go and fight on presumably on on the on behalf of Ingingir yeah to try to kill Sorkavir yeah who is the champion yeah of Eric yeah so she doesn't have to marry Eric we're doing all right are we doing all right marry Eric yeah okay so Hrolf sets off on his wee little journey mm-hmm. you know handkerchief end of a stick yeah zooming along doing his thing he meets a chap called Viljam on the road Viljam <clears throat> Viljam Vilayam. Yeah. He meets Vilayam. <laughs> I mean, it's just William. I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. Okay. It's just so William. he meets Vilayam. Vilayam. And he's tricked by Vilayam. <laughs> Vilayam. It's not actually... Vilayam. I'm sorry. He's tricked by Vilayam. I'm only getting lost. Into saying that Vilayam is his master and he's a servant. Not... You know, having just been at an Earl's court and friend of an Earl's son and all of that nice posh stuff. Friend of Earl. He is friend <laughs> of Earl. How are we doing? Fantastic. <laughs> we haven't even got going yet. This is just like the prelude. This is the text scroll at the beginning. We've been talking about trade deals and blockades. We haven't got going yet. <laughs> I still prefer the original. I know. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base. Yay! Dun, yeah, dun, that's dun. exciting. Uh, better than arguing about tax percentages. That's exciting like, stuff. Uh, trade deals. Okay. Okay. So they... Still think Jar Jar was a Sith Lord, though. Yeah, I know. It's the hands. I go for that. I go for that idea. Carry on. They get to Russia. And they meet King Eric. So, you've got Rolf and Vilayam. Vilayam. <laughs> Not that one! <laughs> Not that one. And they help King Eric, who is the guy right at the very beginning who kind of sets this whole thing off, uh-huh. fight off an invasion. Only it's Hrolf fights, Vilayam takes the credit. And Hrolf does a whole Caesar- series of mighty deeds and Vilayam goes, yeah, that was me, bro. I did those. Okay. And Well, that, that's not honourable. Vilayam is rewarded. That's even less honourable. Yeah. And he's... King Eric says, Oh, thank you very much, Vilayam, you utter star. Have a marriage to my sister. <gasps> no! Yes. Well, that's just not on. I know. Mar- so, he's marrying her under false pretences. That's not on. Hrolf is now released from his oath with Vilayam and he doesn't have to help him anymore or support him anymore. Okay. So he just kind of goes and kills King Eric's champion, Sorkvir. Do you remember him right from the very beginning? You could only kill him I when remember Sorkvir, yeah. a certain armour set on and it was a Tuesday and there was a moon and he was standing on one leg with a river and yeah. whatever it was. I All remember Sorkvir and I also remember um, Gargamel. Okay. I don't mean Gargamel, do I? Probably not. Gargamel from... Uh, uh, not from this... Where has Gargamel come from? 
can't remember, but there was a dude, Gargamel. You said at the beginning there was Sorkavir yeah. and Gargamel. And he was like the, 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 the sort of... Was he like a wizard or something, did you say? Oh, I'm um, thinking of the Smurfs. You're thinking of Grim Aegir. Grim, I am thinking of Grim Aegir, but I was also thinking of Smurfs. Now, there's a whole kind of Scandinavian Smurf sorcerer going on in my brain, and that is awesome, and I need to keep it. <laughs> so, so he, Hrolf gets mighty knocked that all of his good stuff is being taken over by... Velayan. Yeah. Who has now got the girl, got the the marriage to the king's sister and is set up quite nicely for life. Yeah. So. Ruffian. Hrolf kills King Eric's champion Sorkvir mm-hmm. by doing all the things he's got to do. I mean, that was easy. Sorkvir got a bit of a build up, but you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And pff, dead. Mm-hmm. And he leaves, Hrolf leaves in secret with Ingingerd. It's like Darth Maul going down that hole. And pff, done. <coughs> Ingingerd. Yeah, okay. so he leaves in secret with Ingengird, and Eric, bless his little cottons, realises that his new brother-in-law is a total fraud. Oh, good. Bit late. Well, yeah, granted, but, but better, we got than, there. better late than never. We got there. We just a little bit late on the uptake. Yeah. So... I can't talk. Vilayam swears to bring Ingengird back and kill Hrolf, and he sets off after them. Good. So, Vilayam catches up with them because mm-hmm. you're following him in this part of the story sh- he betrays Hrolf again Ugh. it's a bit of a theme and he cuts now some versions say he cuts his feet off and other versions say he cuts his legs off and okay Vilayam then takes Ingingird back to Jutland right okay park that New Didn't character. I do some parking earlier on? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to build a multi-story in. in my mind. Yeah, do it, because you need it with these songs. Okay. <laughs> you need to build multi-stories. So, meanwhile... Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, there's a, a dwarf that seems human called Mondal. Okay. Mondal. Mondal. Mondal, okay. And in while this... While Vilayam has been... Doing what he's got to do to go catch up with Rolf and Ingengorg. Yeah. Ingengird. 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 Yeah, Ingengird. Good, good. Mondal has snuck into King Eric's court mm. and kind of pointed the blame at one of his advisors called Bjorn. Right. And basically denounced Bjorn as a traitor. King Eric, for some reason, goes for this. Right. And Mondal the dwarf ends up as advisor to King Eric, living in Bjorn's house with Bjorn's things and Bjorn's wife. Local dwarf makes good. Local dwarf makes so much good it's unreal. Okay. So Mondal is, he's really a dwarf, but he looks like a human. He's like three dwarfs in a trench coat. Three dwarfs in a trench coat. Sorry. Oh, you don't. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> Vilayam arrives back with Ingengird mm-hmm. and starts boasting of how mighty his feats were. And, and she has been sworn to secrecy, so she can't tell anybody what really happened with Hrolf. Wait, who's he boasting to? He's boasting to the court and King Eric to and say... And this is... Her, her, 
No, this is Vil I Am. Vil I Am. Who went after the pair of them. Yeah. Injured Rolf. Because I'm just thinking how great his feats were. They aren't his feats, they're Rolf's feats. They're Rolf's <laughs> feats, yeah. In more ways than one. Yes. Because... <laughs> so... Meanwhile, back with Rolf... Mm-hmm. Back at the fort. He goes on horseback, and how he's managed to do this with either no feet or no legs, I'm not sure, but he goes on horseback, and he arrives at the house of Bjorn, former advisor to King Eric. I mean, to be fair, it's more plausible than running it or walking. Yeah, to be fair. Um, with the, you know, feet in a bag. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So he goes to the house of the advisor that's been deposed by Mordor, the dwarf. Okay. And he finds out the truth about Mordor, that he's a thoroughly nefarious person and therefore has sneaked into King Eric's court and has kind of wheedled his way into getting all this high-class position stuff. I should just mention, for (laughs) the benefit of, well, me, mostly, um, Mm -hmm. while I reason this out in my head, you said earlier on that Mordor looked... Like Mordel or Mondel, yeah. Mondel, sorry. Looked like a human. Looked like a human. Yeah. Now, whenever I've seen dwarves uh, represented in film, they've generally looked like humans. Yes. Um, now I'm taking it that we are because I know some. I know I've heard some people refer. Some people suggest that the Dvergar, which was the the the, the dwarves. Yeah. The Dvergar were equated with the Svartalfa, the Dark Elves. Mm. Um, some, I know, some people look at them as a different, a different, um, yeah. a different people. That the, the the dwarves are, you know, as in, as you always see in sort of Tolkien-esque <coughs> classical fantasy, you always see, you know, the the dwarves are in the in the mountain halls, banging on gold stuff, and mm. um, you know, doing all that with with big beards. Um, but you also have. I've also heard people say that. Uh, well, the the Svartalfa are off doing something else up in, well, Svartalfheim, hmm. and um, I have he- also heard people suggest that they are, the same. Those two are the, actually the same, and it's just two sort of different aspects of. Hmm. Um, but it it does sort of, it sort of implies that, the elves and the dark elves, and the dwarves, if they are separate peoples mm. don't naturally look like Humans. human beings mm. so i mean i obviously my my nature is that i imagine the dark, dark elves from at like everquest and stuff like that or yeah. um <coughs> or from thor the dark world mm. um you know so but you basically you would you would normally look at a dwarf and think that's not a human yeah this is a dwarf that is seeming human but this one looks yeah. like he is yeah so rolf goes on horseback Mm-hmm. Goes to the house of the deposed advisor, discovers uh, Mondel's secret mm. that he's actually got in, and he's now living quite comfy in this guy's house with all this guy's things and this guy's wife. Yeah, and he's now advisor to the king. So he takes the dwarf, who's seeming human, prisoner. Okay, and forces him to correct his wrongdoing. Right, and also put Rolf's legs and/or feet back on. You can do that? Apparently. Cool. Yeah. It's a useful thing to be able to do. It is. You know, 
doorway's too high, take your feet off, go through the doorway, put them back on. Yeah. But you do need a dwarf who looks like a human who is now advisor to the king that sneaked into an advisor's house that you found out to get it to kind of happen. I mean, you can do the taking off part just fine. It's the putting like, back on part might be slightly more tricky. It's quite a soap opera, isn't it? Okay, so we have... Because uh, dwarves are renowned as craftspeople. Yeah. Artisans. Very skilled. Um, mm. I think back to, to, to Loki getting them to build all those things all for the him. treasures, yeah. While pitting, he's... Pitting two sets of dwarves against each other. Yeah, while yeah. He's, he, he zooms around the place as a, as a horsefly biting them <clears throat> to try to put them off. Yep, yep, yep. So, Hrolf now goes to the court and denounces Will I Am. Will hmm. I Am. Who confesses... <laughs> no losses, And is put to death. Okay. He confesses that, yeah, he's been a bit of a bad egg kind of did do all those things and took all the credit and he's married to the king's sister because of it and yeah. he's put to death. Yeah. So he, he here endeth his story. So now Earl Thorgny wants to marry Ingengird but she says she can't marry because the death of her father hasn't been avenged. Hang on, who, you're going to have to help me out. Who wanted to marry Ingengird at the beginning? King Eric. But now... Who came in, killed her father, wanted to marry her, and she said, give me three years to defeat your champion, and if not, I'll marry you. Right, yeah. Rolf has killed his champion. Yeah. But King Eric's still around. Okay. Okay. So Earl Thorgny now wants to marry Ingingird. Right. But she says, I no, talk to the hand, because my father is not yet avenged, and therefore, no. Yeah. I'm not I mean, even thinking no. about it. I mean, yeah, I yeah. understand. So, Rolf leaves for Russia with Mondal the Dwarf and an army. Okay. And in his absence, Earl Thorgny is killed. Mm-hmm. So Ingengirth doesn't have to marry him. He's the shortest kind of thing from proposal to resolution yeah, in this that entire saga. It wasn't exactly Romeo and Juliet, was it? No, it's not. Uh, it's not. So Rolf and his army go and fight Eric, King yeah. Eric, and defeat him with the help of two mysterious strangers who was that masked man. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely keeping up with all these characters. Yeah, I thought you might. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so Rolf has gone to Russia, yeah. defeated King Eric... With the help of Mondal the, the Sorcerer Dwarf. Okay. Who stuck his feet back on, or Indeed. his legs, depending. And an army, and two mysterious strangers who also help out. Okay. The, but they don't know who they are. One of those strangers turns out to be Harold, son of Edgar, King of England, whose throne has been usurped. Are you still with me? No! <laughs> Is the other one the Dread Pirate Roberts? I, I don't know, <laughs> actually. They probably are, to be fair. Harold, King of England. Not that Harold. I don't know which Harold, King of England. But Harold, King of England, this is Edgar, son of the King of England, whose throne has been usurped and he wants to get his throne back. Okay. So Rolf agrees to aid Harold because Harold's just been fairly instrumental in defeating King Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So Rolf agrees to return the favour and goes with Harold 
to England to aid him in re- in reclaiming his throne. Okay. And when he returns, he marries Ingingerd. Oh. Ah. Finally. And there is much rejoicing, and the kingdom is 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 happy. And there is, I don't know, probably a ticker tape prayer. There's certainly all that confetti. There is. Because they go on, the, the pair of them go on to rule over Russia. Oh, wow. And from them come a line of kings. Mm. Rolf and Ingengerth. So, you know, all, through all, the whole of this story, Ingengerth keeps getting marriage proposals and rejecting them or delaying them. Yeah. And when she finally finds... You know, Rolf, you can imagine that she keeps side-eyeing him and looking him up and going, mm, yeah, he's quite nice. And every time she kind of tries to make a move, he's off to another country to fight another war and she has to wait till he comes back, fight off another marriage proposal and then go off again. And eventually she's like, maybe it is like Romeo and Juliet then. Yeah, In a way. only without the monks. Only without the monks. And, and the poison. And the poison and the dagger. I mean, yeah. lots of daggers, obviously, but not necessarily pointed at her. But yeah, I mean, other than almost every aspect of the story it's it's Absolutely exactly the identical. same yeah yeah um I so that last three days and kill six people <laughs> at least so yeah so she gets uh she basically she gets her hands on russia yes and, and rolf and that's a big place it is i mean we may have mentioned this before but russia's quite large you could lose your car keys in there and everything. you easily could yeah you easily could put them down in siberia and you're narnered yeah my glasses yeah. are somewhere in irkutsk well, probably. I don't know. I'm just saying. But it, the point is, it's a big, complicated place. She picked Rolf, got Russia, line of kings. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Tsars. Mm. Yeah. Well, eventually. Yeah. I imagine. Tsar from Caesar, of course. Mm. Kaiser. Yeah. I mean, she she did. She she done good. She, you know. She did. I mean, right at the beginning, her father is murdered. And mm. Yeah, it's. It's not a good start. Yeah, she didn't. I mean, I'm not suggesting that she enjoyed that bit particularly. No, no maybe not. But um, yeah, she's. Or being married to Earl. This is this is the 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 saga understanding of what a love story looks like. Yeah, this is. <laughs> but there are so much blood. So so much blood. <laughs> stubby stubby stubby. <laughs> um, there is so so much blood and an understanding of this, even though it's a romance saga. Yeah. Ingingerd, basically the only thing she has agency for is setting the men off on another part of the story, on another part of the quest. Yeah. Uh, on another... She's sort of the the gate through which they have to go to get to the next chapters of what the, the next tasks are. She's a MacGuffin. Yeah, she kind of is, yeah. No, she's not a MacGuffin if she's, if she's the... The conduit for the story, but she's the MacGuffin if she's the thing that everybody's arguing and fighting over. Yeah, well, she if is she's and the, she isn't. She's kind the of, focus right of there the conflict. From, right from the beginning, right through to the end, and the men kind of revolve around her, really. Mm. And there is, there is an interpretation of this saga that looks at it being written by men for men to look at power and vulnerability. Oh, dear gods. Yeah. If we go there, we're going to get people complaining that we're woke. I... It's too early for me to be woke. I haven't had my second coffee yet. It ain't happening. Never woke. Never knowingly. Never knowingly woke before half two in the afternoon. Oh, God, no. What hour is that? But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's presumably, as is is often the case with myth and legend and, you know, uh, to some 
you know interpretation of historical events i don't know which one this would would classify as but yeah i mean they are always written as a reflection of the society that they are yeah. written in and for so you have you know mythology the greek mythology isn't supposed to be read as as fact it's it's a it's lessons you know how to be a good a good greek good, yeah how to be a good person so here rolf is wronged by Vilayam yeah and discounted by him but Vilayam is then found out to be a fraud and he's killed for it yeah. and rolf ends up you know helping people out who then end up being helped by people who then helps back so you've got all that kind of social the reciprocity yeah, thing, which we know is very of, important. This is what good behaviour is amongst powerful men, mm-hmm. and this is what how you act when you have that society and status. Yeah. So yeah, this is a love story of a sort, kind of. <laughs> it's a bit like a Klingon love story, really. There's a lot of shouting and stabby, pointy things. And, yeah. And the the good satisfaction, you know, a, a Dothraki wedding without three deaths is considered dull. It's that kind of. <laughs> feel to it really it's a little bit a little bit much yeah it's um yeah only we're not gonna we're not gonna subject the lovely listeners to a full-on Klingon opera no um no my voice won't do it no (laughs) but um yeah it's 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 intriguing stuff it is yeah but they do get married and from them come you know they end up ruling over Russia Mm -hmm. and from them come a line of kings who go into you know different kingships in other places so it's quite a yeah it's quite a legacy almost i don't think the harold referred to was that harold i always think of that harold harold godwinson mm. um he was the the dude that was killed at hastings yes in 1066 and he was the the sort of last of the saxon kings am i right before the the Normans, yeah, but, the but, Normans came in and then created that two tier aristocracy, lower classes. They did. That's with right. The language barrier, which is why English is this beautiful mismatch of everything. Yeah, we or we, part of the reason we basically became significantly French for quite a yeah. long time. And why the English language generally has two words for everything. Now this is interesting because one to of them's me. from the French and one of them's from the Germanic. That's right, yeah. And, and then you get all sorts of other little bits thrown in as well. You will often find certain brands of I don't toothpaste. want to be so, certain brands of toothpaste. I don't want to be so <laughs> inflammatory as to say nationalists but basically nationalists. Well, there are there are people who who consciously maintain one strand or another. Usually uh um, I mean, a great example would be Orwell, mm. um, George Orwell. Uh, I've just become very internet because in internet discourse, usually Orwell turns up nearly as often as Hitler does, um, <laughs> complaining about <laughs> complaining about politics. But in Orwell's uh, language choices, his language style, when he was he he was very um, focused on using the Germanic uh, forms of words because he considered them to be. You know, to some extent, the language of the the commoner, mm. because they, as you say, they were. I mean, the, the, when the Normans came in, they were speaking a variant of a variant of French, and that became the language of the the, the ruling classes, the aristocracy. <clears throat> so we have. I'm thinking of. I always think of food. To ascertain and to find out. To, yeah, you get um, the Latinate words 
that we have usually come through French, and the the, the sort of common salt of the earth words that we have, the the sort of simple the simple language. And it is interesting actually when we when you think about other languages like um, German, for example, has different registers, so they have. A sort of mode for formal speech and all this kind of thing, and that's what every language does to an extent. There are words that you'd pick. For, when you're talking for, to the Queen, yeah, exactly. And when you're talking to your mum, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But in English does have this this sort of this distinct two layers to it, um, and, I'm, and I always think of food. It's like beef. When when an animal is 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 apologies to any vegetarians who are listening, um, but when an animal is 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 dead and on a plate. It's usually given a word, given a name that's associated with the, the the Latinate word. So you often find, like um, pork for for a pig, mm. but the animal itself, while it's running around the the, the field and gambling or Doing snuffling or whatever it is, it does happy thing. Yeah, it's yeah. usually given a non. It's the name. It, the name doesn't resemble. So it's it's like the, the 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 food word comes from you know the people who would be who would be sitting at the t- at the banqueting table eating eating it. Eating it eating the animal, whereas the actual name for the animal tends to be the word used by the people who were... Herding it. Herding it and, ra- and, and, ra- and, it. and raising it, yeah. Like sheep and mutton. Yes, exactly. Oh. Yeah. So it's that's that's where that sort of delineate... You know, people people will look at you askance if you sat down and said, oh, I'm uh, what are you having to, for dinner tonight? Oh, I'm having some pig. Wouldn't sound right. I'm having a couple of cow steaks. Doesn't people don't naturally do that and it's because of that um that shift between who was who was likely to be doing the the the, the hard dirty work of raising and herding the animals and and breeding them and all that kind of thing and who would be doing the 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 who would be sort of eating them as Mm. part of an abundant supply of food at the end of it whoa yeah i've learned a thing there you go that was cool thank you Lovely listeners, we hope you might have learned a thing or two about Viking love stories <laughs> and how you're going to need a whole lot of mops at the end of the Viking love they, story. They are claret rich. They are somewhat technicolour. <laughs> uh, we're going to leave you around the virtual campfire pondering the duality of language. Stuff. Yeah, and Vikings and love stories and how that might be a bit of an oxymoron (laughs) in a way now ox the word ox don't stop it (laughs) sorry um so how would um uh, the lovely listeners um should any of them wish to contact you well um, how would they go about doing so if you lovely listeners want to come and say hi Come and throw us a friend request, or come and write a comment, or or any of that, you know, stuff that happens. That social media stuff. That jazz. That jazz. I'm doing the hands. You I, can't see it. I can see it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good hands. You can find me online. My name is Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that name. You can also find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. If you'd like to come and say hi to Frithcast... We have a lovely place where lots of lovely listeners get together and have chats and share funnies and talk about the episodes and all of that stuff. 
you're very welcome around the virtual campfire in our new home. I can't say new home anymore. It's been a new home it's for been quite a, while. a while now. It's been a while. We're kind of settled in and we've got a virtual campfire and we've got early owl and we've got a bit of lights up. We've always got a biscuit tin around there somewhere. You're very welcome to come and say hi, settle in, warm your knees, grab a drink of choice. Come and start chatting around the virtual campfire. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at Frithcast Pod. You can find our episodes at Geetha in Jeans on Podbean. Yep. Probably where you've picked this up from, which would be kind of nice. <laughs> you can also come and say hi in some live chats on Discord. We have a Discord channel. And the Discord channel is linked from our Facebook group. Yep. So if Discord so is the your thing... That's fb.com slash frithcastpod. Yeah. If that is your thing, then come and join us and come and say hi. That would be great and we would love to see you and have a chat. Now, before we go... Yes. Yes. Next episode is a rather big one for us. And I know we've had special episodes before. Mm. And we got all excited when we hit episode 16, I seem to remember. Yeah. But this next episode is episode 100. What are we doing? I don't know, <laughs> but they're seeming to listen to it, so I'm all good. Keep you doing know, it. We'll just keep doing it. <clears throat> Next, our next episode, which is due in a fortnight's time, mm-hmm. is our episode 100. And we are shook, I think the phrase is properly. Shook. <laughs> we are shook. Because we didn't think we were going to get to 100. We hadn't no. even made a plan to get to 10 right at the very beginning. So come and join us next time for an extra long, extra special episode of Frithcast where Kate and I talk through some of our early memories about what was going on with some of the early recordings, because they are somewhat surreal, Mm. and some very, very early clips from the show. So if you've joined us later than episode one, (laughs) which was a very, very long time ago now... (laughs) God help us, it was. You are very welcome to come and join us and listen to some of our very early shenanigans and Kate and I talk through some of our reflections and memories from that time and maybe where we might choose to be going in our next few episodes as well. We hope you can join us around the virtual campfire for that and for many more episodes to come. But for now, we will leave you around the virtual campfire, just chilling out under the stars and we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay.